Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Tuesday, October 30th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, we'll be looking at a wild ride on Wall Street and why the U.S. is sending over 5,000 troops to its border with Mexico. Then, we'll hear about the U.K. government's push to get tech companies to pay more taxes. Plus, the end of the Merkel era and what to expect from Facebook's third quarter earnings. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. Wall Street endured a wild ride yesterday. The S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average both fell into correction territory during intraday trade, meaning they both faced a drop of 10% from their peaks. A late recovery helped them pull back from that drop as investors bought into the companies they perceived to be less vulnerable to an economic slowdown. But both indexes closed lower after reports that the U.S. plans to impose new levies against all remaining Chinese imports that haven't yet been hit with tariffs. The declines on Monday extended a rough few weeks for U.S. equities. The S&P is heading for its worst monthly performance since February 2009. And on Friday, we reported U.S. President Donald Trump would be sending 800 troops to the border to meet a group of migrants. Now, the Department of Defense plans to send more than 5,200 active duty troops to meet the caravan. Commander of the U.S. Northern Command, General Terrence O'Shaughnessy, said the armed troops would be at the border with Mexico by the end of the week. Thousands of migrants from Central American countries like Honduras and Guatemala are traveling together, mostly on foot, to seek asylum in the U.S. The Department of Defense said the troops would be offering fencing, wall materials, and technical support, but would not engage in, quote, lethal operations. Mexican military officials were also patrolling their southern border with Guatemala yesterday to prevent migrants from crossing. And a Guatemalan official also said the country would send 200 police officers to their border. I'm George Parker, the political editor of the Financial Times here at Westminster, where the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Philip Hammond, has just delivered his third budget. After eight grinding years of austerity, the Chancellor has announced the biggest giveaway in a budget since 2010, a large amount of money being poured into Britain's health service, £27 billion in total, and the Chancellor declaring that the end of austerity is in sight. Now, there's a big caveat to that, which is, of course, Brexit hangs over the British economy, and the Chancellor was making it clear that if Britain secures a soft Brexit, maintaining good trading links with the European Union, then he'll be able to find more money for other public services, including police, schools, social housing, prisons and the rest, next year. But that's a big if. And that was a warning to Conservative Eurosceptics to give Britain the kind of deal that he thinks is best for the economy in the forthcoming negotiations. There's one other interesting element of the budget today, I thought, which was the introduction of a digital tax aimed at the largest tech companies, obviously meaning US tech companies, Initially, this is going to raise about £400 million a year, now spread between approximately 30 large tech companies. That's only about £15 million a year. Peanuts, really. But nevertheless, I think it's an interesting straw in the wind because Philip Hammond, the Chancellor, has been waiting for other countries to join part of an international push to get tech companies to pay more tax. It's been painfully slow. And here we're seeing one big country, Britain, dipping its toe in the water and actually being prepared to go it alone. It will be seen by some people in Silicon Valley as a warning shot across their bows. 
And here's something you might want to know more about. Yesterday, German Chancellor Angela Merkel announced she was stepping down as the leader of the Christian Democratic Union and that she wouldn't seek re-election as chancellor in 2021. Merkel has led a grand coalition government since March. That coalition was made up of essentially three parties, the Christian Democratic Union, the Christian Social Union, and the Social Democrats. But Germans are growing more dissatisfied with politics in Berlin, and Merkel's CDU party has faced major losses in recent regional elections. The FT's Guy Shazan is here to tell us exactly what led to Merkel's decision. The immediate trigger for this decision was a terrible performance by her party, the Christian Democratic Union, in elections in Hesse, which is a state in Western Germany. The election happened on Sunday and the CDU saw its share of the vote shrink by 11 percentage points, which is really a debacle for the party, although it does actually retain power in, in Hesse. The thing is, that came just two weeks after another election in Bavaria, where the CDU sister party, the CSU, also saw its share of the vote shrink dramatically and it lost its absolute majority. The combination of those two results in Bavaria and Hesse have really dented her authority. And uh, there are just more and more people in the party who are saying, we can't go on like this. Something has got to give. And when did Merkel start having problems with her coalition? Now, this grand coalition is very unpopular. It hasn't really got much done since it was sworn in March. It's generally seen by the wider population as a bit of a failure because they just keep rowing all the time. Ever since, really, they came into power, there have been just been endless uh, battles and rows over everything from asylum policy to what to do about the diesel crisis in Germany. I think the general public perception is that this is a government that spends more time arguing than it does actually passing laws that benefit ordinary people. And she hasn't been able to really dispel that image. And I think it's really overshadowed the elections in Hesse and also in Bavaria and uh, was one of the main reasons why the CDU and the CSU did so badly there. And uh, who might replace Ms. Merkel? So three people have already thrown their hats in the ring. One of them is Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer, who is the current Secretary General of the CDU, the Christian Democratic Union. She is considered Ms. Merkel's ideological heir, and uh, that would be a big win for Ms. Merkel if AKK, as she's known, because she has a very long name, if AKK succeeds her as party leader. The others would be more problematic. One of them is Jens Spahn, who's the current health minister, in Germany. He's 38, he's young, he's gay, he's very conservative and very popular in the party. And he is considered a sort of ideological adversary of Miss Merkel. He was very critical of her refugee policy during the refugee crisis of 2015-16. And then there's also Friedrich Mertz, who is a long-time enemy of Ms. Merkel. He was the head of the CDU's parliamentary group, and she squeezed him out of that job in 2002, and they've been a dagger's drawn ever since. And if he succeeds, that would be really bad news for Ms. Merkel. It's, uh, I was speaking to people yesterday who really said they can't see how she would be able to continue as chancellor if Friedrich Mertz, one of her old enemies was elected party leader. You can read more on all of these stories and more at ft.com. 
Today, our San Francisco correspondent, Hannah Kuchler, will be covering Facebook's third quarter earnings. Analysts expect a rise in revenue helped by the social media company's mobile ad business, but investors will be watching to see if the European privacy rules and the Cambridge Analytica scandal push some European users to close their accounts for good. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.